Welcome to the North Texas District Leadership Podcast. This is a resource from and for those of us serving Jesus with the old North Texas District of the AG. <laughs> Hope you're doing well, <laughs> friends, uh, wherever you are. And, and I'm here again with uh, a couple of people who bring out the worst in me. I'm here with uh, Michelle Mad Dog Garland. <laughs> And Spencer, speed the light, speed. Have you ever heard that joke speed before? The light. Speed the light. That sounds good. Yeah. Bet you, you sh- never heard that one. Never heard that one. You should make that a campaign. I'm going to name my child that. You should. Yeah, you should. <laughs> nice. Speaking of child, today we are we are in the presence of a man with a child on the way. Not right at this moment on the way, but it is. it will be on the way at, at some point. If it was on the way this moment, I would encourage you to go to the hospital. Yes, that is advisable. Yeah. Okay. Well, last week, friends, uh, we, we talked with Michelle Garland about a shifting perspective on kids' ministry. It's more than babysitting, right, Michelle? Yes, yes. And so today, we're going to focus our conversation with our district youth director, and we're going to talk about the handoff. Don't botch the handoff, Spencer. Never. From kids' ministry to youth. Got to get the handoff. So before I start uh, asking you questions about that, how long have you been in this role now? And um, what is something about being district youth director that was different than you thought it would be? Oh, man. Um, So we've been serving since officially August 1st, 2017. So we finished two years on to year three. And um, we unofficially started the first day of camp in 2017. That's a whole nother story. Um, But... Something that's a little bit different than expected. Oh man, uh, I'm gone a lot more than than I thought I would be. Yeah, you're never in the office. I just assumed you weren't coming to work. I didn't know you were actually doing things. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Yeah, just kicking it most of the time, hanging out, chilling out, Max, and relaxing. So cool, shooting some b-ball outside the school. Yes, yes, it's usually what I do. But no, uh, love what we get to do. Um, super excited about. Uh, resourcing churches and youth pastors, and we exist for the church, not the church for us. And so I know that's our heartbeat, and that's what we want to do. And so me and my wife, Lauren, we love doing that, love connecting with youth pastors and helping in any way resource and empower them to be the hero in the youth ministry and help raise up students that will be lifelong followers of Christ. So along those lines, you focus on a number of different things, but what's something that has you particularly excited right now? It was it was something that... Uh, that kind of scared me at first. We've, we've seen just a lot of our long-tenured uh, youth pastors transition into senior pastors and executive roles as of late, and that's a normal transition, but it kind of scared me to go, man, like, we've got to help resource young guys and help them understand how to reach students and all of that. And I, I would say just our impact that we're having, like, in our local schools around North Texas, we're just hearing testimony after testimony from youth pastors of, man, our kids are excited about sharing the gospel, and they're excited about telling their friends about who Jesus is, and I think that's all uh, stirred up and spurred from these young youth pastors that are just excited to get involved and be a part of their students' lives. Their ministries are growing numerically and spiritually. They're discipling in new ways. Uh, our our students going on missions trip this year was higher than ever before. Our Speed the Light, which is uh, how we give and uh, and really like show our faith in action, is a, another like record-setting year this year. So yeah, big win it's there. been incredible just seeing that, that kind of stuff. It gets me very excited, honestly. So hit on that real quick. Um, Speed the light. We know there's been a, a huge turnaround there. The Lord's doing some incredible things. Uh, what's what are the what's the latest update on that? 
Yeah, so Speed the Light is the way that we as student ministries and churches resource missionaries by um, creative communication, so speakers, sound systems, mics. We do transportation vehicles for missionaries all over the world, local and foreign, uh, as well as like compassionate demonstrations, so Convoy of Hope that are helping with disaster relief. So we're helping raise money for all those things. Right now, as of the end of September, we have surpassed our last year's giving total, almost $300,000, and if our trends are normal as projected, then we usually bring in double that in the last three months of the year. So we could potentially hit over $500,000 given by students and churches in North Texas, which would almost completely wipe out our our project list for missionaries that they're saying, hey, we need help. We, we want to be resourced so we can do what God has called us to do. And so this would be the first time we've had those numbers, and I believe it's 17 years. That's so incredible. super so awesome. excited. Yeah, that's incredible. So let's let's turn to what we're focusing on. And Michelle, I'm glad to have you here while we're talking about this transition from kids to youth. Most of you listening to the podcast have some sort of separate ministries for children and youth. Today, we're going to talk about that transition point. This is personal to me because I have an 11-year-old who just yeah. transitioned up from kids ministry to youth. So this is all on my mind. And selfishly, I formed this today all about myself, quite frankly. And so Spencer, talk about what's at stake between this period period of time when a child becomes a tween, that 11, 12, stepping out of kids' ministry into youth ministry. Yeah, absolutely. If you listen to last week's podcast where Michelle talked about just the development of kids and how uh, that spiritual formation starts so young, it's so echoed in the youth and the teens, the 11s, 12s, all the way 18. It's such a formational time in their life. I think a little bit more on the finding who they are and whose they are, as well as the people and the crowd that they fit in with. Uh, we yeah. say it all the time in youth ministry, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Most of the time, as as a kid, you don't have the friends that are going to negatively impact you for your life. But as you hit junior high and high school, these are the people that are going to reflect who you become. That's the truth. And so I think that if kids are forced to come and they don't connect into a youth group, what's at stake is this is the, the time where they will decide if church is good or bad, if God is good or bad, and what they want to do with the rest of their life, whether they want to live that righteous life, that Christ-like life. Yeah, it's so, such a formational time for all of them. So what are some common mistakes churches make that lead to a botched handoff? Oh, there's, I don't think there's one specific thing. It's a culmination most of the time of, of a, a bunch of little things. Um, I think one of the issues that we see often is that there's just silos within the local church. There's kids' ministry, then there's youth ministry, and then there's yeah. the, next, the, the next steps or the experienced pastor. There's a senior pastor, and everybody has their own their own jam, but we've got to realize that we are the church. Like it's all one body that we work together hand in hand. And so we've got to make sure not to keep those silos and not to realize that youth ministry is not just on the youth pastor. They are hired to be the specialist, but they're hired to work together with the kids pastor. Um, how does this uh, align with the church's goal and the mission as a whole? Uh, so many little pieces again that, that happen, but I think, I think those, those are two big ones as well as just a lack of preparation. We, we get so busy because every week we have a Super Bowl. Every Wednesday for, for youth pastors, that's the Super Bowl, and they're fighting towards that every Sunday. We've got a big service, and so there's so many things that are urgent that we forget to step back and look at the big picture and go, all right, where are we really taking them over four years, over six years, over ten years as a, as a kid to a student and into a young adulthood? Um, so how, how we're really thinking through that process as well as executing that process. Michelle, what would you add on that question? Like the idea of some common uh, mistakes or maybe just some things that are overlooked when it comes to making this transition. I think I'll take the perspective of a parent. So like you, we just walked through this with our oldest. She went from kids ministry to youth ministry, but I still have a child in the kids ministry at our local church. And I think 
what Spencer's talking about really hits the nail on the head. There's so many silos to where the kids in the youth department are not working together. They've each got their own vision, their own goals, their own ideals of um, how they do ministry, that they forget that these kids are not only going from one to the next, but they're also in both, you know? And as a parent, as a family, you're impacted by both. And so the level of excellence for each of them needs to be consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, I I would say to do something. A lot of our churches do literally are doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And so they just expect that it will happen naturally. But when you take a kid who's in an environment where in a lot of our churches, it's track music, it's not live, it's sometimes video teaching, not a sermon, it's characters or puppets, not you know, real life stories. And then you translate them into a youth ministry where it is live praise and worship, oftentimes a sermon that's longer than the video they watched the last five years. Sometimes that even the kids get disenfranchised because they don't know how to really operate in that environment. So it's really important that as the kids are growing up through the kids ministry, you're thinking about that long-term plan and stair-stepping them in a direction that'll help them acclimate to the youth environment. So let's talk about that idea of of a plan. Spencer, I know you're big on this, having, like Michelle, you said, do something. Spencer, you, you think in terms, the same terms, really. So how can a church plan and prepare to help their kids make a successful transition to youth? Yeah, it starts with intentionality. You've you've really got to, to make it an important thing. You need to begin the conversation with your team on what what your church needs, what your kids need, what the parents need, and, and that's different in every culture and every church that looks different. So I wouldn't say there's a one, two, three for every single person, but I think there's some big bullet points that we could say, hey, let's start in this way. And the first thing would be just in your preparation, the way that you prepare for your Super Bowl. So if it's kids ministry that you're looking at handing off your kids at, at the fourth, fifth, sixth grade level is when they really need to start preparing. And so you can't let your lessons be like a one size fits all because what happens for a third grader or what applies to a third grader doesn't doesn't always apply in the same way to a sixth grader. And like what Michelle said last week, if you listen to that podcast, there's no junior Holy Spirit. And so we so, we so often, uh, I think, are a little bit scared to approach that with those kids. But as soon as they jump in youth, man, we're we're at a whole nother ball game because sometimes the kids pastor and youth pastor hasn't communicated to say, hey, what does that growth uh, growth map look like? What, are, what right. have they experienced over the past three years that is now going to prepare them for that? Um, and so I th- that comes in the preparation. And so often you've heard the phrase, the devil's in the details, but man, so is the Holy Spirit. And if we allow him to, to kind of help us prepare our weekly things and our monthly things, our yearly things and go, all right, here's the plan on how we're going to transition, then man... The Holy Spirit can can help us way more than we can plan on our own, and so trusting Him in that. But also just in that preparation that our staff pastors know how to work together, that the kids' pastors know how to communicate with the youth pastor, that they create what Michelle said a second ago. We use that illustration, create the stairs of maturity or of relationship, that they are able to take that next step and not plateau after a long period of time. Um, that the greatest part of ministry is really that we help other people win, whether that's mm-hmm. a person in the church or staff pastors, whether, you know, the kids pastor can help the youth pastor really be a hero and really succeed. And so we've got to work together. We've got to empower that next pastor. My goal was always that we would that we would make the next pastor the hero, that they wouldn't ever go, oh man, I just missed my kids pastor because they did this. But uh, the mm-hmm. ways that we we figured that we can make that happen is we said, hey, youth pastor, you're going to come in and teach or preach in kids services once every so often because we want to get them to know you. But then you can also come in and be the fun guy in this moment. And they go, oh, like, oh, I look up to it. I just remember in my own life when my sisters, I've got two older sisters 
And uh, when I was a kid, I couldn't wait to get into youth. Like it was the most exciting thing. I was I was like n- chomping at the bit, and I just can I come yet? No, you're still in fifth grade. Can I come now? Uh, you're it's the summer. You're going into sixth grade, and I just it was such an exciting thing. And so I think we have to help make the next step appealing. We have to make it look fun. We've got to help it be what the student needs, and usually that's what will propel them to that to go man yeah like i've got to have that i want to be a part of that there's that's so much fun because that age and maturity changes there should be new appealing things that make them want to go to the next step we've been attending life church in midlothian the past few years uh pastor jason exley and renee wonderful team there and uh cory webb who we've had on the podcast before incredible youth pastor i've seen the way he structured that stair step process as uh as my daughter turned 11 you know went into sixth grade all of that kind of stuff and so a couple of wonderful things that life church has done is um they had a short-term small group for kids who were getting ready to transition into youth. And so for a period of Sundays, what would normally be children's church for them, this smaller group of kids that were going to be soon stepping into Wednesday night, a youth group, they would meet together. Corey would get with them or have someone with them. So that who am I going to connect with in the sense of who's who's my new pastoral presence, that was taken care of. Uh, The first Wednesday night that Adeline went to youth, they had a bit of a welcome reception for them. Just a number of kids who were all so much smaller than everyone else, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, yeah. they they got them all like a special Sonic drink. It just all of these little nice touches along the way. Very soon after that, they had a weekend party at a pastor or some other leader's house where some of the older, more devoted students in the youth group were there connecting with the younger ones. It is so easy for. Um, for high schoolers to overlook the Goober Junior High kids, right? But also it's so easy for them to, to become heroes Yeah, if a pastor can help them care, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And those are some great hows on how they actually do that transition. We've talked about some of the theoretical ideas and the plan, the preparation, the communication, uh, some of the hows that we see throughout the district and even just things we've heard from great churches around the nation is they do family services where kids ministry gets to come into adult services and kind of experience something a little bit different and what they would they would see as they grow. We've got churches that do like a sweet 456 for fourth, fifth, and sixth graders yeah. where they get a different Sunday morning experience than your first, second, third, uh, third graders. Uh, another, another great one. They do combined events like what you're talking about, the pool parties, where you bring maybe some sixth and seventh graders in with that eighth and ninth graders, and they get to, to meet. So they're not just jumping in your, your young little 12-year-old with all the 18-year-olds. Yeah. That's a scary thing, not just for kids, but parents. We, we know that's a scary thing for the parents of the people in your churches. And so how do, you, how do you do that? How do you make those young people feel like they know some people? Have some of your kids' ministry volunteers in youth ministry. Have the kids' pastor be that same voice that gets to come into youth ministry so often. I think, too, I mean, the two things that kind of sealed the deal for Ava feeling like youth was her place, and now Wednesday's her favorite day of the week, is camp, going to camp, and going on a missions trip this summer. So with AIM, there's lots of opportunities. With youth camp, there's lots of opportunities, and they get broken up into groups there that are all of kids that are their age, like-minded. These are friendships that can last for years to come. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the things we started last year was uh, just a junior high specific aim trip because we know that there's parents that are going, my kid's not ready for this. And so it's a local, uh, this year we're doing San Antonio. So it's just a drive away. It's it's a less uh, lengthy trip, a little bit less expensive, but it's that time where they get to connect with some people their age that hopefully they can transition into the youth ministry with a little bit easier. And I think that same thing, we've mentioned quite a few kids pastor things, but youth pastors, this this is on you. If you're listening to the podcast or senior pastors, help your youth pastors know that camp is one of those things, that AIM is one of those things, or, or, or their own missions trips, um, and, and celebrating those kids on their way in. Just like what you said Pastor Corey does at Life Church, it's got to be a big deal when a kid comes in, and we've got to make sure that they feel awesome. Um, we, we've got to help them know people. We've got to help them connect, because that's that big point of decision, whether it's their favorite day of the week or right. their least favorite day of the week. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. sometimes that means kids pastors help make the youth pastor look cool, even if they've got to make some stuff up or or uh, uh, help them <laughs> yeah. in that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, we, we've got to be that team and help that uh, that process go along. And as that happens, we do that with communication with parents. Uh, another big key thing to make sure the parent feels comfortable, because as Michelle said last week, um, parents sometimes choose the church that they're going to based on their kids' experience. And that would be the same thing in youth. I yeah. have a personal story of my parents felt like they were they were being pulled in a direction that they're like, I don't think we're supposed to be at the church that we were at. This is when I was 15 years old. And uh, they're like, but we're going to stay here because we know Spencer is connected in the youth group and he serves and all this kind of stuff. And so they were willing to sacrifice where they felt, uh, we're just not, we're not feeling like we're, we're supposed to be here right now. We're not getting fed. We're not being uh, as involved. And so they're like, but we're going to stay because we know that our son is connected. And that's mm-hmm. such, it speaks volumes to go, hey, this, this is important to parents. Yeah, if the kids or the students aren't connected, then you can see where that can go horribly wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. So then the family would choose potentially to leave and then maybe church hop, maybe the kid or student doesn't get really ever connected. And then mm-hmm. the voices that are speaking into their life can look a lot, you know, dramatically different. So yeah, wow. it's important. And there's a big deal to be said about uh, those of you that are senior pastors in the room uh, listening Man, give some vision that youth pastors and kids pastors can grab a hold of and run with that they're yeah. excited about. Yeah. Have have a mission for them as the next generation. Help them plan that out. Um, that's that's one of the things that I feel like we've heard the most from kids pastors and youth pastors going, man, I just wish I wish we had something put in front of us that we could charge towards. And man, they're they're wanting that. And lots of times as senior leaders, we try to give enough space and freedom that they feel like it's theirs, but we forget that they also want something to run towards uh, with you, that they want to be a part of that with you, that they're a part of the church, that they're a part of the mission, and that kids and student ministry falls in that. I've heard both of you say things along those lines, how important it is for a kids or youth pastor to feel like they're marching in step with their senior leader, but is connected with them enough that they are pouring into them and saying, come with me. Let's think in terms of, of some instances where you know that's being done very well. What results from it? I think one of the biggest benefits of whenever the senior pastor can really lead in a direction where the whole the whole staff can jump on board is that you have a buy-in from staff that is that is way more than I'm doing this because I love just youth or I'm doing this because I need a paycheck or anything like that. You're going, all right, now now I exist for a purpose that my job has has meaning behind it. One of the biggest things, if you're uh, studying any generational things, the millennials and the Gen Z, Gen X, is all these. Uh, one of the things that's coming up so often is is that this upcoming generation of leaders, that they want to have some kind of thing that they're a part of, that they build, that their hands go towards. And so often that comes from uh, some mentorship above, uh, that it comes from the senior leader saying, hey, here's where we are going, not here's what I'm doing, now you go do what you're doing. 
hey, here's where the church is going. Here's how we're going to grow. Here's how your part plays a role in that. Here's how, here's how student ministry, here's how kids ministry can all put our families, not just our students, not just our parents, can put our families in the right direction to succeed so that it does impact the city, the family, the community, uh, the world as a, as a greater whole. Here's where we're going. And I think there's so much that can be said to just the idea of vision, big picture vision that incorporates the entire staff, the entire church, every generation that really gets people on board. And I, I think one of the reasons we see such a high turnover rate is because there's either lack of vision or lack of communication with that, that they're going, man, we're just not on the same page. We don't, our, our pastor doesn't want the same thing as we want. Um, and most of the time that's not accurate. It's just not communicated. Mm-hmm. It's not led well. Yeah. And I think that vision is, and a lot of times we hang our hat on that in maybe the wrong ways, but if it's done right and it's done well, it does align everything in the church. And so then it becomes, instead of doing a hundred things mediocre, we're going to do 10 things really well because the whole church is pointed in one direction. The whole church has this one end goal, you know? So the mission statement of our church is growing generations that transforms communities. Well, that impacts every single aspect of our church. So then when you start to think about all these events that we sometimes fill our calendars with or all of these things that the local church does, you run it by that vision for is that really impacting or is that really going to get us to where we want to go? And if it is, then go there. But if it's not, maybe that needs to be reevaluated. Maybe that's an old couch that needs to be rethought through and maybe we're just doing it because that's the way it's always been. Um, I do think too, kids and youth pastors want a leader that believes in the next generation and not just has the rhetoric down in their vocabulary, but actually lives it, breathes it believes in it. And they want to see that there's a place for them beyond their years in the kids ministry there, in the youth ministry there, that there's some longevity at their place. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Yeah. We see a lot of people transition from some of some of the churches that on the outside you'd go, man, you've got, you've got it all. But there's that personal piece that's so yeah. needed and so wanted by so many of them to say, hey, it's not just about, oh, I've got a good budget or I've got a big group or a, a great room to meet in. None of those things are really the important things. And I think as we're doing this handoff, it's never going to work well if our staffs go in and out. And if we don't have consistency, we don't have longevity, we don't have people that are all on the same page. I can think of um, the churches I know where staffs have stayed intact for a while and where um, a youth and children's pastor put in years. And it's not just a year or two and then on to the next thing. Inevitably, in every circumstance I can think of right now, there is a significant affection among the whole staff. Right. And not mer- it, it doesn't have nearly as much to do with pay, size of church as you would think, but where there is a real affection among the staff and, and they're marching in step together. I've seen guys stick around for a really long time and turn down other opportunities that have been floated their way. Yeah. And it's the same case. It may have paid better. It may be in a a community that looks better. You know, the grass is greener type situations, but they will stay where they're appreciated, where they feel like they, uh, they're called and they feel like they can make a difference as well as what Michelle said, that they have a place to go if they feel like, Hey, maybe student ministry is no longer it. Do I still have a spot somewhere on this team? And and the churches that are growing, they're doing that because they're thinking that process through the handoff, not just with our students, but with our staff. That's another great point. Well, let's close, guys, with uh, just a last encouragement from both of you along the lines of of children and youth. Last 5%, uh, what do you want to say before we sign off? Spencer, we'll start with you. Man, you can't change what was, only what will be. 
Um, and so I think just that as we're we're having this conversation, and as you and your staff have this conversation, Pastor, that that you really intentionally look ahead and and ask those questions. Where are you going? Uh, what's most important? That you use that filter of the vision, like what Michelle said, um, to be able to to filter everything you do to to really know what the home run is for your church and your ministry to not wear out your teams. Uh, and so to do that, you have to set the set your idea on what is our our yearly plan for growth, for spiritual, numerical, for uh, programs, and does it align with the vision of the church and filter those things out? Um, what do we need to do right now is one of those things that you can ask yourself. What has to happen today? And then as you do that, you can kind of go down the down the line. What happens tomorrow? What happens next week, next month? Um, and who do you need that from even? Um, I, I heard a quote one time, your day shouldn't start until it's finished on paper. And I think it's yeah. so good. And if we often just come in and just get carried away with what's right now. But man, if we can plan out far, far enough ahead, we can really change the trajectory of where our kids and students and churches and families are, gro- are going. And so help each other succeed, be on the same page, plan, prepare, and be intentional. Yeah. And I would just say, again, do something. Now is a great time to start planning. Transition is something that's going to be on the calendar every year. It's not going to be a surprise. You're going to have your kids move up every year from sixth grade to seventh or seventh to eighth, whatever you keep growing, don't they? They do. That doesn't stop. So, whatever your age breakdown is, you're going to have kids that are moving from kids' ministry to youth every single year. So, now in the fall is a great time to be strategic and try and come up with a plan for how you're going to handle that over the next seven months or nine months whenever you transition. You don't have to have your final product now, but do something now, one step at a time. It's a big deal. Love it. Well, friends, thank you for listening today. As we mentioned last week, um, we as an office and individual directors, we don't exist for ourselves. We exist for you. And these are two guys today uh, who both of them do consulting. Both of them, this is their world. Kids ministry and youth is their world. And if you're stuck or just want some insight, need any help, northtexas.ag is our website, of course. Phone numbers, email addresses, all that stuff is there. And we're here for you. So have another great week serving Jesus and his bride, the local church. Thank you.